The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Does it feel like Wisconsin week or is it just the, the whiskey you want? And wake you up when the game's done. We'll dive into it. Uh, plenty of thoughts from uh, well, Austin Allen. Uh, Husker tight end joined us a little bit earlier. A chance to sit down, and we needed to sit down because he's 6'9", and I am not. So that's coming up. Greg Smith will give us his take on the recruiting world as Nebraska still has some uh, some play-in time to sell and some pitches to make either in the portal or uh, securing the, the recruits they do have for 2022 for the early signing period here a month from today, quite honestly. Blackshirt McBride, Mr. Charlie McBride coming up in hour two. And uh, Jay Moore with his, his take, his thoughts on uh, Nebraska, specifically the, the Wisconsin D. So, and Coach McBride is uber close to, uh, to Paul Christ. There's a picture Charlie showed me that Charlie keeps in his wallet of Paul Christ when, when Charlie visited the Christ household. And uh, Paul was a... Uh, Strapping young 15-year-old and uh, had the Pete Rose haircut from whatever that show was. Eight is enough. It was an interesting haircut. So numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can find us on Twitter. Give us a follow. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And as always, email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So Greg Smith and Austin Allen this hour, Coach McBride and Jay Moore. Next hour, there's no buzz. You're just kind of waiting for, you know, there's two chapters left in 2021. You know how the book ends, Home for the Holidays. But was there at least a mad Home Alone rush towards the airport? Do you, do you go out and, and sting Wisconsin and Iowa? Do you sting one of the two? Do you stumble to the finish? Here's what would stink if you're a Nebraska fan and, and you've been through a lot of BS this year with having your heartstrings pulled upon. <laughs> it would it would really hurt for Nebraska to to just get housed. And the scores have not been close but the games have seemed to be a little closer than the score indicated against Wisconsin. And then there's bloodlust for Iowa. But I don't know. I mean, Elijah, you uh, you bump into students here before you're, you're done matriculating. And, you know, post-Minnesota, 
that was a knockout shot, then Purdue, and then you, you had a shot against Ohio State. It didn't happen, and, and now you've moved on. And basketball's not quite delivered. That could flip, though, with the Creighton game tomorrow night. You want to beat the, uh, the in-state rival. But right now, you're just kind of searching for something good uh, when it comes to your Husker sports fandom. You still get a Saturday. You still get national audience. You still get a 2.30 kick. And I'm anxious to see what, if anything, can be different now that you've made changes uh, with this staff, with this game plan, and what can you do from a production standpoint offensively against a really good defense. Yeah, and that's that's the question. But the, the question, I think, for the Husker fan base these final two weeks is, is what is your level of apathy? Obviously, the fans are, are going to get up and care a little bit whenever it's the right across the border rival in Iowa. Uh, student section might not be full for that one because Thanksgiving break and whatnot. But th- there'll still be some energy in the stadium for that one. My question is, is, is Husker Nation going to care about this Wisconsin game? Uh, Wisconsin has dominated this series. Uh, the trophy has felt a little bit fake and forced. What is, what is it, it, it even? Forgive me. Uh, the, it's the Heroes Trophy for Iowa, and then Wisconsin is... It was going to be an empty like beer glass. That's <laughs> what I suggested to Barry, and Barry says that's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's a... Uh... I can visualize, that awesome? I can visualize the trophy it. in my head. It's like the, the stadium, right? It's like the... Don't know. There, but, there is but, a trophy. <laughs> but, there's, but, but we're talking up the point that it is a, it's a trophy game. And, you know, it's, it's important to Cam Taylor Britt. It's important to Austin Allen. But it, it, is this trophy, which we... I mean, it's, it's a brain fart moment, but I can't even name the trophy for you against Wisconsin. Does it matter to Husker Nation? I think it'd be awesome to, to knock them down finally. They're good. They started out one and three. They had horrible turnover problems with their quarterback. They lost to Penn State out of the gate, and they're not even able to pee a drop on offense. They had three non-offensive touchdowns allowed to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in Chicago. But they've rebounded. Wisconsin has righted the ship. They got dismantled by Michigan. And you had all those pretty much in a row to start out one and four. And then you got right. You got healthy. You, you told your quarterback, don't throw the damn football. And you handed off 48 times. And you got a 17-year-old that's 6'2", 240. That's an incredible running back. Because your other stud went down. Your lines played great. You have an incredible linebacking core. And we'll see what Nebraska wants to do. We'll hear a little bit from Scott Frost here in a moment. Uh, some interesting comments by Marquis Stepp uh, that we'll get into momentarily, but let's hear from Frost here. Uh, first question uh, out of the gate here from the presser earlier was about the metrics, right? What are the metrics? What are they specifically, Coach Frost? And I think Eric Olson of the AP asked this uh, for, for next season. So that's what led things off. Yeah, those are just making sure we get on the right track and get winning. And I don't want to say much more than that, but it's it's obvious what we need to get done here. And um, I think it doesn't take too smart a guy to figure that out. Well, play well. Play well enough to win, which is not getting in your own way, and play well enough to win Saturday in Madtown. I mean, between the weather, right, I, I'm excited for it. We'll, we're not road tripping because we're clearly banned from road trips anymore this season. Uh, we had the O for Mark uh, with all the road coverage we did. But, hey, if it's mid-50s, throw a slab of ribs on the smoker, pour one, 
and see what happens. I don't fear, and you can burn this tape in a week from today, I don't fear a Melvin Gordon-type meltdown. I don't. I don't think it's going to be 48-17. I think Nebraska's going to hold on to the football. I think they're going to try and give us a dose of Yant, give us a, a, a dose of uh, what's been working with Ramir Johnson, let Adrian do some RPO stuff. The thing with the thing that would turn this thing into another 35-17 where it's close or it's within a touchdown or a field goal or 10 is, guess what? The Wisconsin pass rush off the edge, and here's a strip sack fumble turnover. That's how this thing gets out of hand Saturday. Unless you don't have JoJo Doman and... You know, you heard Casey Rogers earlier today, too, talk about this being a culture game. It is super huge for these seniors to make sure they go out the right way, whether it's four and eight, three and nine, or five and seven. How do you go out the right way if it's not five and seven? Well, you battle your butt off till the final gun. And you've heard it's about pride. Well, this team showed a lot of pride this year. Could have mailed it in early when this thing went sideways. They could have mailed it in after Sparty, after Michigan State, after Michigan. There's been enough instances where lesser teams would have absolutely checked out. That's my intrigue. That's my motivation. Uh, Clearly, we want to be able to talk about it on Real Red Reaction. But that's my motivation for for Saturdays. All right, uh, you've made changes. Can you guys come together, the, the new names, that are helping put this game plan together. Can you guys come together and and pull one off? Give us, if you're a Nebraska fan, give you something to quasi-smile about momentum-wise going in. And This is a brutal ask. Okay, minus 10, the over-under's 40, so it's going to be a 30-10 to 10 ball game. But what I, I don't worry about it going sideways to the point where it's absolute destruction. You're dismantled, you're dismembered, and they blow you out because you quit. Don't worry about that. Well, and that's the only way a blowout happens. Because you look at this Wisconsin team, and yes, they've gotten a lot better. But you have played four teams on your schedule that I would argue are better than this Wisconsin team. Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Played and, way better offenses. You played, and Their backs are good. Their line's good. I'm going to give them credit, but it's nothing Nebraska's not seen. No, it's not. It's not. And they've seen power running this year. And they've done pretty well against power running teams. Uh, Michigan State's the big example, and even Michigan. They've done well against teams that are styled like this Wisconsin team. Uh, And at the end of the day, it comes down to what will these new voices, uh, these new people that you have in the room that that are are your new position coaches till the end of the year, are they going to rally the guys together? And are you going to get rallying around this team? Or is it, as you said, is it guys that are going to be checking out, mailing it in, saying, well, my position coach isn't here. Frost clearly doesn't care about the end of this season. Why should I care about this season? That's what it comes down to. Let's hear from from Frost here a little bit here. The the, the big news of the day, uh, Savion Morrison no longer with the team. He's in the transfer portal. He tweeted uh, a thank you out, but he is moving on. And it's another instance of a high-profile, high-level recruit. And, and listen, we're all big Ryan Held fans here. But from a rotation standpoint, it just never, ever made sense. Now, maybe it'd make more sense if we got to see practice 
and we don't, which is fine. Not bitching about that. But the point is, is you just ne- nobody ever really felt like got into a rhythm aside from Ramir. And Ramir, from a size standpoint, playing bigger than he is. He's more like a wing back. I mean, the hope here is you get you get a dose of Yant, you get a dose of Morrison. Uh, check that, uh, Ramir. And and quite honestly, you guys have fallen behind those two. So here is Frost uh, letting everyone know that you're not going to have any more Mr. Morrison from Oklahoma. No, I don't expect him back. Um, you know, I love all these kids. I love Sev. Um, not everybody can play, and this is the way college football is going to be. So um, I'll certainly bend over backwards to try to help anybody that, that's been here and, and does things the right way. And we're going to lose some, we'll get some back. That's the way it's going to be every year. He's a guy, though, that, I mean, he didn't see or you hadn't seen since the Minnesota game. And I thought he came in and ran tough between the tackles. But it's almost like they're just throwing darts at a dartboard with the rotation. Okay, so you're a stud recruit, you're a stud recruit, you're a stud recruit. Okay, I got to get you in just to, to appease. Uh, interesting thoughts from Marquis Step here in a moment, but I don't worry about that with Ron Brown. Ron Brown's going to figure out who he can trust and who he'll lean on, and that's who's going to play, and then he'll spell a back when when they need spelled. And he was able to to juggle that Rex uh, and Amir dynamic, also the Halu dynamic, and, and all those guys went to the league and played well. You've you've got a guy in Ron Brown that is going to be able to, to coach and get the best out of these kids, much like held, I think, from the day-to-day. I think all those kids liked him. But when it came to game time, uh, I don't think you were going to play if you couldn't grade out to a satisfactory level at everything, at everything that's involved with being a running back versus, okay, uh, you may not know the play yet, but run off of the tight end to the right. And it worked against Northwestern. It just seemed very inconsistent. And it comes down to the the rhythm aspect of things, which is so important from the running back position. You see a guy, oh, well, he gets four plays and he's off to the sideline for the next two and a half quarters and he'll jump back in for uh, another three plays then because, well, we got ourselves behind the sticks. It's first and 20. We need a, a guy who can go catch balls out of the backfield. Like the, the rotation – Maybe it's because there aren't guys in that room that have differentiated themselves. Uh, but I don't know if they've been given the chance to differentiate themselves, especially whenever you look at the beginning of the season, just how wrong the talent evaluation was in the running back room. Ramir Johnson, fifth on the depth chart. Uh, you're looking, I mean, Gabe Irvin looked good until he went down with an injury, and he was kind of the, the de facto he day was one back. emerging but, at least. But Step has only fallen down the, the depth chart and now maybe come back up here a little bit recently. It's, it's confusing. The running back depth chart is confusing. We're not seeing everything day-to-day in practice, but it really feels like the talent evaluation has been wrong in that room, and this isn't the first year that's happened. No. Uh, the, the, the only time the talent evaluation got done right in the running back room was with Ozigbo. And Ozigbo was running with the uh, the white team, third team, in spring. Adrian's first spring in 18. So, yeah, that's that's a fair criticism right now. Let's go to the phone lines here. Can join us at 466-3776. Chris, thanks for calling. Go ahead, bud. Chris, do you have us? Chris, do you have us, bud? 
Hey there, great, great show, guys. Hey, appreciate yeah, it. I, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad. I, I thought Held was one of the guys that needed to go. Um, he is pretty awful at, as far as coaching the guys up. Nobody ever really got better. Heck, it even took him three years to realize Ramirez, his third year of his freshman year, <laughs> uh, to realize that you know Ramirez should be a regular, you know, regular player. But you know, you look at Minnesota. They're running back first game, 150 yards, gets injured. He's maybe a All-American-type running back. They put a second guy in, he gains 600 yards in the next four or five games. He goes down. They're down to their fifth back, third... Chris. They're down to their fifth back, and he killed it. He didn't. He wasn't the reason they lost Iowa. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, and they keep on rotating in new backs, and they keep on doing the job. And I don't know if anybody's talked about this, but I think Ramir got injured in the Ohio State game. I don't he, know why they took him out. That's unusual for Frost. It, it was. Because you know, he, he doesn't trust Step. So to see Step in there late in the game, all of a sudden Ramirez and he doesn't see the field again. I, I got a bad feeling. I hope I'm wrong. Well, we'll um, see. We'll see where but, he's at. But, but uh, I, I yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see him transfer, too, because he doesn't want to be running the ball up the middle. That's ridiculous. He's, you know, he's, he's really more of a 8 to 10, 12 carry guy and catching balls out of the backfield. Um, and if you are going to have them carrying the ball more, there needs to be more wide. And they just keep on hammering him in the middle. And um, He's running tough. Chris, I'm up against a break. Thanks hey. for your input, bud. Thank you. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, big thanks for the phone call to Chris. We were up against that. More phones here. Uh, next half hour or so, we'll probably shift Austin Allen, maybe, that conversation about an hour from now. And uh, we, we say hi to uh, Greg Smith with us at Hale Varsity. Uh, can find Greg on Twitter, at Greg Smith HV, Recruiting Insider. Greg, we, we were just spinning uh, and spitting, spitballing about the the running back room, and, and you have Coach Brown now there. Uh, leading the way, but the, the departure of Sevian Morris. I want to get your take. You covered Sev out of out of um, high school. You and Dr. Petey both had some great uh, insight on the talent, right, that came to Lincoln. And what do you make of, of what the, the running back room has been, not just this year, but really since since 18, the inconsistency and, uh, and Elijah put it best, the lack of rhythm aside from maybe Divino Zigbo. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to put that. A lack of rhythm, and it's been a, a year-over-year situation. Um, as it feels like there hasn't really been a year um, where Nebraska has like correctly identified, I guess, the, the right running back to begin with and kind of stuck with that guy and rode him uh, through the season. Like it, It's just been a weird kind of a situation, including a year in which you had last year where you had Adrian Martinez as really the only threat running the football. Um, and so, yeah, that has been the one kind of consistently inconsistent position um, that has been really frustrating uh, for Nebraska fans. Uh, but Savion Morrison moving on then because of all of that isn't a total surprise. Um, I just wonder if, you know, what's going on there because you're in a situation where you have a new running backs coach coming in and you just never know what that coach will prefer. So it, it might behoove the rest of the guys to just kind of stick around and see at least who gets named um, before moving on. Well, see how it shakes out and they're, they're not a stranger to coach. Coach Brown, uh, right. and we'll hear from Marquis Stepp because he was pretty awesome in the hallway, just kind of laying things out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I mean, if I'm Yant, Yant's 
arguably, I mean, you have Ramir from a body type. He ain't built for between the tackles, but he sure as hell does a good job of it. Meanwhile, if you spend some more time with Yant, think what Yant could become. Uh, that, that really you found it's a diamond in the rough because he has looked good when he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he has, and I think that that's the key thing, though. When he knows what he's doing, when his head's on straight, I think that he's been a really productive player. Um, but something is kind of missing there when it comes to it all coming together for Yant. And I don't want to write him off by any means because we've obviously seen the, the talent and the potential there. Um, but I think that, you know, you talk about you're going to end up having to make a good first impression on a new coach. I think getting your own ducks in a row if you're Yant um, will be really important moving forward, too. Greg, we've seen the the departure of Sevian Morrison today, and you got to only assume that there's more coming down the pipeline. Do you have, I mean, I know it's impossible to to, to know, but with more scholarships being able to come uh, available with guys transferring out, uh, what do you think it means for recruiting going forward, uh, assuming that there's going to be more guys hitting the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, that is the the one silver lining is, you know, you, you free up a scholarship in Morrison's case that was still had had multiple years. Um, so that ends up giving you a number back in theory uh, for the 2022 class. Um, the problem is, and I've been kind of writing about this little by little as the weeks have gone on, as you know, kind of peeking into the future. I don't like Nebraska's in a weird spot with even being able to get to that kind of 14, 15 number in this 2022 class um, based on the number or lack of numbers that we've seen of official visitors coming in. Um, I don't know if they plan to go that high on um, 2022 high school high school signees, if in fact it comes to that, or if they just want to use all of those additional scholarships for more portal and JUCO guys. Well, they're in win now mode. <laughs> so, right, right. And so, so that that influences a lot, right? Like that's, that's a big part of that, that's a, that's a big. That's a big ask, right? Because you're in win now mode for for 2022. The, the the development development needs to happen, and it takes longer on the lines of scrimmage. But from a skill position standpoint, you can go get a dude, a couple of them at quarterback, just for the competition, right? Not writing off who's in the room now, but also who knows what happens with the wide receiver room. But there's some really awesome options now that you want to see them kind of bloom, right? And, right. and then there's, there's the running back situation. I mean, right now, as you look at the recruiting class, do you worry about any, any more departures with the class? Or has Nebraska been able to, to firm things up with the, the transition they've made on staff? Yeah, the, the only the two names that I kind of look at, and I don't think that Nebraska's in huge danger here. Victor Jones Jr., um, the wide receiver out of Florida, I think has been like the most consistently like recruited, committed player that they've had. If that makes sense, a guy that teams continue to recruit, um, even though he's been committed to Nebraska, I think since April. Um, and then Ashton Hayes, the running back out of Nevada, who is a guy who's having a monster senior season um, out west, and so he's a guy that could get some looks. Um, but it, there's a couple of real X factors though here. As you were kind of saying about the staff and you know what comes in with the portal, you know, you never know what connections a new coach has, right? And, and who he has connections to to the portal. And you don't know from a development standpoint, like what could a new wide receivers coach get out of a lot of different guys that are in that room, whether we're talking about Betts, Alante Brown, Will Nixon, um, the three freshmen that came in last year. Like there's just a, still a lot of unknowns um, with a lot of young football players at that. If you were to give me like the most unknown stable room is it wide receiver is it running back i mean what what room are you most worried about with more, with potentially more departures 
Man, with potentially more departures, probably the wide receiver room with departures because I think that there's the I think the most talent is in that room, and I would hate if I'm Scott Frost, I'd hate to lose uh, one or two of those guys. That would be tough. Uh, the room though that needs to be added to is the offensive line room. Um, so I don't know about uh, departures in that sense, uh, but more about the additions, especially like you were saying, the being in win now mode. Well, you talk about these two positions. Wide receiver uh, is usually a, a pretty fertile ground for the uh, the transfer portal every single year. I feel like there's always a good number of high-level receivers in there. But tell me about the, maybe the potential of the transfer portal of the offensive line. And it's hard to tell when you don't know who's going to be in the portal. But Nebraska has been able to get some quality players out of the portal in the past. When you look at uh, Nuruddin and you look at Ezra Miller, there's been some quality players that have come from the portal. Uh, so you got to think Nebraska's got a good chance to land some other high-quality players at the, uh, along the offensive line in the portal, right? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I think that they should have a shot to do that. The one problem um, with trying to bring in offensive linemen in the portal is the thing that is outside of probably pass rusher. Um, the thing I think that's most difficult to get in the portal is like quality offensive tackles. Like tackles basically have their pick of places to go, right? Um, and that's probably where Nebraska is really going to need that help. They'll need at least one tackle, I think, um, coming up in the portal if you, if you can be able to then reshuffle some of that offensive line. Um, and I can't believe I've gone this long without talking about quarterback uh, portal uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need to go that way too greg i know you've looked at the portal and humor me a minute talk to me about miles uh brennan lsu's kid that that left and and that's like one of the names right that's out there uh high highly touted kid but more of a pro style versus an athlete now he's not a statue but is there high level of intrigue for you, or do you look at, I don't know, uh, uh, a kid that I look at some of the Oregon moves uh, post Mariota, uh, you know, Eastern Washington or Portland State, you know, what what body type, what style does Nebraska go after here if they go and and look to the portal for quarterback? Yeah, I do have a high level of intrigue in Miles Brennan, and I think for a couple of reasons. One, like you said, he was a highly touted kid um, that also then had an injury that kind of set him back. So maybe um, with some more time coming off of that arm injury, um, he can regain some of his form. I actually like that he's a little bit more of a pocket passer. And I was actually talking to our colleague Steve Mark about this earlier, um, in that I wonder just where Nebraska's offense would be if, you know, those throws that you see every Saturday that are open, that are being missed, if those are just being hit on a consistent basis. Maybe you take out some of the element of being able to just make that huge play with your legs, but being able to make those routine throws might open up this offense um, to a different level as well. Um, and so there's a number of ways that Nebraska could go with this, and I think there'll be plenty of quarterbacks out there. There always are, um, and we'll have to see because also this is where like a new potential offensive coordinator, a new quarterbacks coach, they might have connections to different kids and a different idea of where they should go as well. Like There's a lot of questions to be answered just on that one specific position you know bill bush has everyone's phone number okay he's already down there doing the analyst thing for you right so i'd, I'd just ask uh I'd, I'd ask old bush light what what what, what do you think you got another joe right. burrow you can bring with you 
<laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's the first guy that you ask, right? Like, like you've actually got a little bit of a leg up. You don't have to go right away and hire one of the guys that's on their departing staff, um, not necessarily right now, but you, you could, um, and then go ahead and say to, to Bush, hey, what do you think? You've spent time around this kid. Um, is he someone worth uh, pursuing further? Greg, what's the timeline here, man? What needs to happen for Nebraska to – to, to fill the uh, the open spots with recruiting, is this, all right, it's it's in tow, the ink is drying announcement post-Iowa, or is it, is it you, you got to kind of wait and find the right guy? I think uh, you need to have an offensive coordinator right after that Iowa game. Uh, November 28th is when in-home visits begin for recruiting, and then just two weeks after that is when the early signing period opens up. Um, we know that somewhere in a 90% range is, of, of kids are going to sign in December, so you're going to severely limit yourself on just the number of kids available um, if you go ahead and don't have all of that stuff in place. Like It's a tough call or a tough task for Scott Frost, but it, he's going to have to continue to do this work and his legwork behind the scenes to get some of that stuff in place uh, because those high-level transfers, too, will be signing early, too. Uh, we've seen that a number of times, whether it's JUCO or the transfer portal. Those guys will probably make decisions in December, too, um, in a good amount of cases. Greg, about 30 seconds. What do you think of Saturday? Uh, does Nebraska have, an, have, have more fight left in him, or is this thing uh, typical Nebraska-Wisconsin? Yeah, it's hard for me to see Nebraska continuing to have fight. I know that they've had it all season long, but you, you're down your best defender in JoJo Doman at that um, at the exact wrong time against the Wisconsin team surging. Like I don't like Nebraska's chances in this one this weekend. Um, it wouldn't stun me if, if they hung around for a little bit, uh, but I got the feeling that we see more more typical Nebraska-Wisconsin as we've seen like in the last seven or eight years. Greg Smith, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. At Greg Smith HV, follow him on Twitter for all your recruiting needs. Greg, good talk. Thanks for jumping on, bud. Hey, thanks as always. Have a great week, guys. All right, we'll uh, hear more from Marquis Step, Austin Allen. Next hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. All right, we'll get the lowdown on Wisconsin from Charlie McBride. Mr. Blackshirt will join us 20 minutes or so. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and open phones for you as uh, we get you towards 5 o'clock. 466-377-6800-825-5865. So Marquis Stepp was in the hallway. Marquis Stepp was uh, spending some time uh, during kind of a group interview session. We'll hear from Austin Allen in one hour, one-on-one so we sat down with uh, the uh, pride of Aurora, the uh, the big tight end for Nebraska. But here is Step uh, when it comes to, to Ron Brown. This is cut 17, but uh, that was one of the first questions asked to to Marquise about, you know, Coach Brown coming into that running back room. Because that's, that's going to be key, not only these next two ball games, what's Nebraska get, how's the rotation, are things settled down? Is there a... <laughs> A defined rotation versus, oh, hadn't seen Marquis Step in a while. Now he's in against Ohio State doing some pass pro. You have Morrison off to the portal, uh, which isn't good. As highly touted and highly recruited as he was. Greg Bell's killing it at San Diego State, who was here in Lincoln for a while and then gone. 
So he's here for a cup of coffee. He wasn't right, and it was it was <laughs> a cold, while it, it was cold. It was cold coffee, and then you had the old Maurice Washington experiment where he kept force feeding him between the tackles. He wanted no part of that two years ago. But this is marquee step on Ron Brown and uh, their their connection. Coach Brown has always, you know, been there for us. Um, always giving tips and stuff how to get better. I and mean, obviously he has a resume, you know, uh, coaching Amir Abdullah, guys like Rex Burkhead, and the, um, you know, fullback, uh, was it Janovich, I think? Is that who it was? Yeah. And Helm, I'm like, that's a good resume. But I think that year Amir Abdullah was up for Dope Walker. So for Coach O to be gone, it's, um, like, it's not a bad replacement. If you've got an experienced guy who knows what he's doing, been around the game for so long, so much knowledge. Um, and then outside of football, a really good guy. Helps you with things off the field as well. So, like, just the overall person he is the, and the coach are just, you know, it's really, it's really helped us throughout the season. And, and nothing has really changed. He's always been there for us. So, he's going to continue to coach, continue to work us hard, and push us to be great every day. So, this was step on the firing. And they were all kind of caught off guard before the team meeting. We had an emergency optional uh, team meeting about it, so that's what that's how we found out. He didn't tell us or anything. It was funny because the day he had, he did end up uh, getting fired. I had song. I was pulling up and he was on the phone. So I, at the time, I didn't know I was in the car, so I didn't really stop or anything. But now, when I replay it, the, like the expression on his face, I think that was the moment that I had seen it, but I didn't know. So I didn't speak on it. Um, but yeah, I figured out during the team meeting. So that was Step kind of making contact with Hell, but it was in passing. It wasn't anything that he knew about. And then you have that, that emergency kind of optional team meeting where Frost described things with uh, what happened, some of the changes that were made. More from Marquis Step coming up here with his role and uh, playing time and kind of the difference and similarities between Held and Coach Brown. Pete's with us here on Hale Varsity. Pete, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yes, I've got a question for you. Get your opinion. Okay. The last two games, do you think we're going to see kind of a repeat of the Rutgers game? Do you think they're going to run the quarterback? And if Martinez is not coming back next year, do you think we're going to see Logan Smothers uh, kind of run the offense for the last two games? I'll hang up and listen to your reply. Pete, appreciate it. You know, I think the the Rutgers game last year was kind of the best half and, and, and the worst half of football. They just came in the, I guess, appropriate order if you're going to have to have them. How poetic. It was the best of times. It was the worst, worst of, of times, times, right? You know, I think it, it just kind of depends on what Adrian you get. And are you going to, if this is his final two games... Let him go out as a starter, as a thank you? Or are you really serious about winning for the future and the guys that are coming back? I mean, for me, you you owe it to the guys coming back to go out there and play the best guy. And if that's a healthy Adrian, he has shredded Wisconsin uh, yardage wise, yardage wise, not point total, but yardage wise. So. But 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 tell me, has anything from what this coaching staff has shown you regarding their handling of Adrian over the past three years tell you that he's going to be on the bench for these games? No, you know, 
No, no he's, 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 he's going to play the entirety of these games. What I would like to see is uh, Logan Smothers in packages and roles where they can pull him out, similar to what Minnesota does with Morgan and their backup. In the red zone, give me some options, zone read football with a willing runner. Exactly. That's exactly what I want. However, what I've seen from this coaching staff, I know it's a new offensive staff, kind of, uh, but it, it tells me that Adrian is going to take every single snap of both of these games. Yeah. So, Pete, I hope that answered. It'd be cool to see Logan. Don't think so. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe it is just kind of the the spark you need. And you need all the help you can get with the offensive line against that team. And you're gonna win you're gonna if you have any any hope against Wisconsin, you're gonna need a, another great performance from your running game. And you've done that before. In eighteen you saw Adrian go for four hundred plus total yards. And in in uh, in nineteen, uh, yeah, it was number twenty six. Help me out here, Mills. Oh yeah, Mills ran for a hundred and ninety one yards against the top rushing defense in the country. So your scheme gashed the hell out of Wisconsin two years ago, and then your quarterback played really well in Madison in uh, in in eighteen. You didn't play him last year, so. Hey, between your uh, your mismatch opportunity with your scheme, getting Adrian out there, and then not that you have a Mills on the team, but I'm thinking, you know what, between Ramirez and, and Yant and maybe uh, you dust Scott off, it, it, it could work. You're going to have uh, a hungry marquee step, kind of bang away between the tackles. That's how you go. That's how you attack it. Just kind of trade body blows with them and hope you're standing. So this is step on where he's been and and his level of frustration um it's been very frustrating um honestly uh, if i'm being real with you guys um but you find out who you are and the like it's been a dark time but you know i feel like when you're down the only way to get you out of the position you are is continue to attack it the same day every day and just continue to work hard continue to do the things and then it's the, co- the coach's decision to put you out there. Um, I'm like, I felt like I've been playing well. Um, if the opportunity comes, I'll be ready. Um, I've been ready. So if the opportunity comes, whether it's this week or never, I'll, I'll be ready. Here is the exchange Sam McEwen asked Step about playing time and, and what, what the deal's been. So what, what did they, I mean, what did Coach L before he was hired tell you about how you could get on the field and why you were, I guess, third if if I kept it real with you, I'm like I, I don't want to do that because you know they don't really you know mess with that. But I don't want to lie to you, so I, I don't really want to answer that. To be honest with you, bro. At the end of the Ohio State game, you were you were out there. How yeah. how'd you? I mean, that was the first time in several games. How'd that feel? Uh, I want more. I'm like I'm hungry. I, I want more. I want more. Simple as that. I want more. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, we'll have uh, one last thought here from Marquis Step in a moment. Holy cow, that kind of the difference thought. between Ron Brown and Ryan Held. And you just heard before we went to break. Steps frustration. He's continued to grind. Yeah, holy cow, that last thought. Yeah. That was just 
I'm not. They've told us not to say that, and I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. So why am I not playing? And it just feels like you don't. You're, you're not organized, or you don't know what to do, or something, right? Why? Why have you been playing who you're playing? And why is a guy on fifth team now starting? Well, he's kept working and he's gotten better. But how how are you so off? Where Ramir Johnson's like third to fifth team and not, and not even a name we're talking about before the season and and then he's he's been carrying the water for you playing good ball against sparty and michigan and in in minnesota and, and the guy's a wing bank i mean size wise and then there's yant who travis fisher brought to town for you versus that whole room of three you know four star backs and you have another departure today in Morrison. Reminder to buckle up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, uh, step was complimentary for the most part. Didn't didn't throw held completely under the bus and i don't think he was he was just being honest and he and he didn't go into those waters because he didn't want to speak ill of the gone but this is pretty telling about what brown coach brown brings to the running back room him and Hilda are honestly very similar in the way they approach practice and stuff. Like the energy has always been there. You know, there's very similarities. Uh, I feel like where Coach Brown is really, really good at is teaching like the skill part, developing skill. Because you know, like, if you go, like I said, you go back live on it. You see the running backs that he coached. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. It's system, like, obviously you got to know the system, but at the end of the day, it comes down to making a guy miss, making yards after contact, and that comes down to skill. Held was more, he he knew more, like, the system that we're in, uh, the ins outs and stuff like that. So it's two different uh, coaching approaches, but they both work very well. They complement one another is what is what he said, but, yeah, skill development. Coach Brown's really awesome at that. Held knew the scheme, but... And, and what have we not seen in the running back room over the past three years? You haven't seen anybody like blow up and get better. You just haven't. You've seen people get more comfortable with the scheme. Sure. But you haven't seen people technically from a technical how you play the running back position. I'll, I'll say this. I, I think I think going back, I think Ozigbo, and I think a lot of it was, was Ziggy putting in the work. But I think that understanding of, of the scheme with the work that Ziggy put in, you saw his development. Okay. But you also, you have a, you have a situation too, where you just haven't ever picked the right guy carrying the football or you went to that player and it was late versus immediate. You've just been wrong. Maybe they'll be right Saturday. Mills, I mean, Mills really got rolling. We get more of your calls next hour. Coach McBride on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal talking a lot about the uh, running back room and Morrison's departure and uh, where Nebraska goes. Some thoughts from Marquis Stepp. Just he wasn't real pleased or thrilled with why he wasn't playing, but he got in against Ohio State. There's some question as to, to why Morrison wasn't in, and you saw a step. So things to be worked out for sure that got worked out during the bye week, you hope. And uh, Coach Ron Brown, it's in good hands with Coach Brown. Uh, we'll take some more of your calls this hour. Nebraska tight end Austin Allen going to be with us in 35 minutes. Blackshirt Jay Moore with us in about uh, 20 minutes. We welcome in uh, Coach McBride now, Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride. Coach, you ready for Wisconsin? How you doing? <laughs> Yeah, well, I even know a bunch of people up there because I was there seven years. I coached there before I came to <clears throat> before I came to Nebraska, and that, so it's uh, you know it's 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 pretty interesting because in fact uh, you, you know you saw the big kid that came by to see me. I think on on Facebook maybe he was big kid nearly four, three seventy five, and he was a great player. I mean, he was probably the best lineman in the country. And, uh, you know, so I got a lot of, you know, a lot of the players and a lot of the stuff, but nothing better than beating them. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's been a, an interesting uh, challenge since moving into the Big Ten once in, uh, in all the meetings, Coach, and it happened in 2012. It's been a long mm-hmm. drought. Can you still get momentum for the program this season? What do these final two games mean to you? Oh. Well, I, I that, that well they they mean probably more to more to the players than they do to anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they it may seem like maybe they can't get momentum, but I would guess that you know just knowing some of the kids that are Nebraska kids anyway, or you know, they'll be foaming at the mouth. I mean, and you know, and you know, they have so much yet. They they can they can still come up with a you know a, a respectable year. Uh, even with all the commotion that's gone on, um, you know, when you get on the field, that stuff's all out the window. And, uh, you know, I, and I'm sure they've, they haven't probably, they know the system enough to, to just get better with it. And, uh, that's what they probably did in the off, you know, in the off week was try to get more repetitions and more things involved. And I expect them to play good. Coach, I'm interested to get your take. I know offensive lines different than running back uh, room and, and defensive side of the ball's different, but kind of take me through having that feel, right? Having that feel as to, to playing a guy or giving a guy a chance in a game if they are not as good a practice player. How did you balance that out? Because some guys just kill it during the game, and there, there may be a little lack of focus or just not as crisp during practice. But when the lights were on, man, it was time to go. How did you juggle that? 
Well, a lot of it's maturity. You know, the, the guys that want, the guys that are really, you know, that are, are going to, you can really depend on, uh, you know, you can find out, especially a young player gets in the game and, you know, he doesn't understand when he comes right away how hard you got to practice and how hard you got to do things because probably in high school he he didn't. You know, he did kind of what he wanted to do and how he did it. You know, there's not there's not a lot of you know really pushing, and I don't think you know with some some coaches maybe there are, but usually you get a lot of complaints if they push too much. You know. <laughs> And so, but there's kids that just automatically work hard. You know, they just, they do it. And then there's kids that are trying to find a way to get out of of things. And a lot of times it's, you know, if a kid goes through school, high school, and everything is he's the hero or he's the big cheese and, you know, and and the coach kind of babies him and, Mm -hmm. you know, and things like that, which is not good. Um you know, I I I know I was lucky. I had a coach that didn't do any of that. You would miss, you'd never know who the best player was because they're, everybody got the same action. <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, so it, you know, it just depends on. I think a lot of how you're brought up is is really important. I think yeah, that's why I said I I always look at the you know the kids on defense when you talk about two kids from the state that are linebackers and even though they're young. I know where their hearts are, and a lot of times kids look at that and they say, "You know, we gotta gotta go. You know, we gotta really get it done." And there's some guys that you know that maybe this is their last year of playing at uh, you know at Nebraska, and you know that they really want to do well. And you know, you could take all the coaches and take them off the field and just let them go play, and they'd probably do a good job. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie Hale, Varsity Radio. Coach, what do you think of this Wisconsin team? They stumbled to a one and three start. Tough schedule. They've rebounded. They're they're hot. They're playing great ball. And I know how yeah. close you are with Coach Christ. Yeah, well, we you know he, he his dad and I were really really close, and the, those kids were babies. You know, I mean, we they. They sat on my wife's lap, <laughs> you know, and and so, you know, it's uh, it's uh, you know, it's interesting. And, and that family, of course, Coach Chris, the, the old the father, passed away years ago, and um, and then of course, but the mom is still alive and still doing well and everything. And those kids, they have two of them, Jeep and Paul, have been involved in the NFL, you know, at different times. Uh, I think they both even worked for Coach Riley when when he was at the uh, Chargers, mm-hmm. um, you know. And Paul, if you ask him, he said that you know one time I know he made a statement that everything he learned on offense was from him. And of course, he's a pretty good passing coach, and and that's where I think a lot of it comes. And and I know that he's a straightforward, good person. You know, I know he's not some guy that is dishonest with the players or anything like that. It's always just, I mean, you can get a straight answer and the players respect that part of it. You know, it's not anything crazy. And, um, but they're, you know, they're going to be well coached, Mm -hmm. you know, and that family, that family is pretty, pretty close. What, uh, what would you do? And why do you think Nebraska has had success against the Wisconsin defenses the last couple of seasons. It's not turned into a, a, enough points, but Nebraska's put up a lot of yards that 
Coach Frost is hoping turns into points. But your thought here on on how you attack this Wisconsin well, D? Well, I think you know one of the things is that I you know I mean looking at the offensive line, and I think probably they've been told a hundred times, but uh, you know they they've got to finish their blocks. They get out and they go and. You know, the old saying, and it's a simple thing, you never stop your feet on contact. I mean, even if you go to the ground, you start scrambling after the guy. Keep him tied up so he can't make a clean hit or, he, you know, and things like that. So there's a lot of things in the running game that, you you know, that you can do uh, to really improve your running game. And they, we, have, uh, we have the kind of kids that can do that. I mean, you know, so... You know, I I just look at just the fact that you know running the football against a really good defense is so is is something that's a motivating factor. Charlie McBride's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, and coach. In the past couple of years, I felt like Nebraska has played up to this Wisconsin team. Uh, but on the flip side of things, you've seen teams do that to Nebraska as well. With Illinois, always feels like has a good game against Nebraska in the past couple of years, uh, as uh, with uh, Minnesota as well. So, is there something to that? Uh, a, a football team's scheme just matching up well with another team and maybe giving you a better chance to win? Well, there, yeah, there, there's a lot of teams that do. Uh, you know, defensively, they they just there's just something about. Maybe the way they play their defense, or some of the things they do on defense. I think really when you play folk teams that are really that have have a have a good uh, you know reputation one way or the other, some on both sides of the ball. I think you know when you really play a good game, uh, you talk about focus. You talk about every play is a different world. Every play is a different play, and you have to. If you want to win, you have to focus on every one, and that's not easy. I mean, that's it's a thing that you really have to do as a you discipline yourself to do it. And uh, you know, that's one of the things we talked about. It, you know, when I was coaching, uh, you know, all the time was to, to focus on every play. You know, what 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 happens? You know, you got to think about things off the field too. Think what you know. Uh, about training yourself to do those things, and uh, uh, it's it's not an easy thing to do. But I think that's what happens. You you hear a lot about how good their defense is, and and which is which is right. But here's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And if you're any kind of a competitor, you're probably going to play better than you know than you've played before. I mean, it's just that way. Um, so. You know, I expect them to play good. I mean, you know, they're gonna they're gonna go after it. You know, uh, and and if they come in and I, which I don't think they'll do, is they got too much to lose. You know, so they're gonna be they're gonna be primed up pretty good. So it ought to be really a good game. But you know, some of the times, you know, if you you've had a bad year or you know, and not have done as well as you'd like to do, sometimes that overrides it. That's that's just it, right? It's mm-hmm. you've been close so many times, and this is a really tough ask to go to go get a win at Wisconsin. But the the kids have been talking a lot about pride this week, and and you're going to have some new faces there in roles for the first time. Is that a big issue? No, that's no, not a big issue. They've been doing the same thing in practice. You know, I assume any guys that are probably in there have been the second team player, and they've gotten probably close to as much repetition. And 
again, you you might be you might find out that hey, <laughs> you know, just like you were talking before, hey, this, this kid, you know, in a, a game situation, he's we made a mistake or we didn't give him a chance enough to really prove himself. So you may get some surprises in a game like that. What do you think of JoJo Doman? He's done. He's got a torn tendon. Uh, and uh, man, he was fun to watch on our end. Well, he's he was a good leader, you know. I mean, he he played, you know, and 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 you couldn't help to you know to try to keep up with him when you were playing to do, you know, to, to not let him down. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that play that hard, there's guys on the team that feel like I got to, you know, I've got to go. I mean, I've got to get it done because I don't want to let him down. Or I don't want to let the seniors down, you know, or the guys that are finishing up. Uh, you know, that's a big thing with a lot of, of a lot of people. And you know, I know, I know that way back when, you know, when I was in high school, we we really thought about the seniors a lot, and you know, playing in the last game and so on and so forth. And you know, and I think that it what goes into it. I think one of the things that Nebraska's done is. I think they, as a whole, they've played some games as hard as they can play. I mean, and I, I didn't see anybody loafing around at some of those games. And it was earlier, it was a little different. But as time went on, you get Doman and some of those guys that are leaders. You know, you as a player get to know him better. And you start thinking, you know, like, I don't want to let this guy down. And, and, you know, I don't want to let the coach down. I don't want to let, you know, there's, I don't want to let my family down. And no matter what the outside people say, okay, no matter what the press says, no matter what anybody says, the people that will never let you down are the people that love you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always talked about kids looking in the stands. You don't think your parents aren't up there. If you're nervous for a game, you don't think they're not. <laughs> I mean, they want you to. They're they're worse than you are, probably some of them, you know, and and you could do anything there is and feel right or wrong, and they're still going to be there for you. And you know, so I think a lot of times you play for your school, you play for your family, you play for, you know. I always used to sometimes say, you know, if you got something really want to do, play for your sister, play for your dad, play for your mom, play for your grandmother. Play, you know, pick somebody out and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play as hard as I can for that person. When the game's over, I'm going to call them and tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, that kids think about and, and do that we don't, we don't really publicize or talk sure. about much. Coach, did you shed a tear for Texas Saturday night? Oh, yeah, I just didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> How about old Coach Lance Leopold? Wow! I, I listen. I feel bad for you know, poor guy. You know, it, it, you feel bad for the coach, the coach, and everything, but you don't feel bad for the school and the people that are, you know, <laughs> boss hog <laughs> down there. Bad. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're but you know they're no different than anybody else. They want to win, and you know it just gets to a point where you know if you don't win, you're you get your check and you leave. <laughs> a lot of people getting checks this year, man. I tell you what. Oh, yeah. Well, well, coach. You know, I think the kids. You know, anytime, anytime a kid decides to take off and leave the team, mm-hmm. you know that that's good. I mean that. No, those those are the guys that probably are. You know, the ones that maybe are. You know, part of the problem, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes you just don't know that. 
But uh, you know, any anybody that would walk away from you know from the end of the year, walk away from the team, you know now, or just say I give up, is you know you just don't want them around. Coach, we'll be uh, watching Saturday, and can't wait to check in with you next Monday. How's that sound? Oh, it's good. I'll be here. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, you take care. Enjoy Nebraska, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay, thanks for having me. I'll talk to you next Monday. All right, Coach. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Jay Moore and Austin Allen coming up Hour 2. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, a Black Shirt Monday. We welcome in Jay Moore, Black Shirt Husker NFLer and co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Bird, I hope you're dusting off the clubs here the next couple of days. Oh, I might sneak out one of the days. I think, uh, you know, i got to get some other priorities done. But but first, you know, you got to sneak out for when you can this time of year to capitalize on some on some good weather because we all know what, what's coming. You know, I'll be transparent here. I'll be sneaking out and getting at least one round in, maybe, maybe two, depending on the schedule. Jay, you thought with Nebraska this week, I know it's more about pride. These games, they, they still matter. It's still important. You've played everybody tough this year. You hope that continues this weekend, but what's done has been done. How are you feeling about this week against uh, Wisconsin? Listen, I mean, it's, I don't feel great by any means. I think they can, there's still a chance to win this football game. I mean, just the way this year's kind of happened, I'm still, you know, still aligned from Christmas vacation. You'd be more surprised if I woke up with my head stapled <laughs> to the carpet. It'd be just like Nebraska and how it's been. You fire four offensive assistant coaches and you come out and maybe the offense lights it on fire and, and puts up 28 plus points against one of the best defenses in the country. Looking at it, being more realist and, and seeing the way it is. I mean, what the, where the mindset of this team is, knowing that there's not much to play for and Wisconsin has everything to play for to win the West and to play for a Big Ten title. Do look at it from the other side is now Wisconsin has everything to lose. Nebraska is they, they don't have anything to lose. So they can kind of go out there and run fake punts, fake field goals, if I'm Scott Frost, I'm not even attempting a field goal this week. If it's fourth and two or three from the from the 25, I'm going for it. The hell with it. Like, don't even trust your two kickers because they obviously are 50-50 at best and making these kicks. So I'm throwing the whole kitchen sink out of it. But you got nothing to lose. And Wisconsin has everything to lose. And same as Iowa in uh, the following week. So I think it's going to be interesting. Nebraska obviously doesn't have the defense that loses JoJo. I, I feel like a fairly low-scoring game is is in order. But again, who knows? It could be, you know, maybe Graham Mertz and company gets their offense because they, they haven't been, they've been a little better the last few weeks. But again, they think they put up 40 some points against Rutgers and Rutgers is Rutgers. Let's see this to be a low scoring, maybe a 17 to 10 type ball game, 21 to 13 type ball game. But I still see a ton of offense because both defenses are, are really good. Jay Morris with us. Jay, what do you like about? Jim Leonard, that Wisconsin D. I mean, Aranda is killing it down at Baylor. Wilcox is trying to get things going at, at Cal. And he's just the, the, the next line of, of succession at Wisconsin with that tone set by Barry Alvarez being a defensive guy. These linebackers are the strength. The, the line does enough. 
clearly to, to stop the run, but when it comes to quarterback hunting, Wisconsin does it about as well as anybody. They've always been. I mean, the last, I mean, you want to go back to, was Bielema there before Anderson or is it like yes. it was Bielema no, after? It was, it was Bielema, then Anderson, and Anderson wasn't working out, and then they went and got Christ. Even when Anderson was there, I mean, the defense were, were really, really good. That's just kind of their their staple, I think, the last decade or so. is Wisconsin's been the run-heavy. You look at Alvarez, you know, Ron Dane, and all the great running backs, Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, the nightmares we've had with their running backs. But their defense has just been solid. And it's not like they have, obviously, you have the, the Watt brothers and some good guys in the secondary. It's not like they have, they've had a ton of first-rounders. They just got a bunch of smart guys that understand football and they get the best out of them. They're high effort, high character type of guys and they do what is asked for them on the defensive side of the football. That's their MO. That's been what's asked of them and that's their culture. They take pride in doing it the right way, playing smart, playing physical, playing sound, really force the, op- the offense into doing things that they don't want to do. They dictate when they're on the field. That's just what good defenses do and that's just what they've been doing for the last decade it seems like. And then, and then you get a good run game going and then it's like, man, good luck because then they control the clock and then they can really light it up. And they they, kind of, they run a very unique defense at times. You know, it is kind of a 3-4, but it's more of a – it's an odd-looking defense. It's a different style 3-4 that you don't see a ton of it being played across across the board. So it's a great system. It's been in play, and it's a culture thing. They've had good, smart, sound football players, and that gets passed down to every class. And when they come up and their time's ready to play, you know, they're prideful, and whether it's linebacker, secondary, or defensive line, and playing smart physical sound football. Jay Moore's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. A few minutes here on Nebraska, Wisconsin this week. Do you see any of Smothers in some special packages to see what he can do? Or is it just Adrian all the time, uh, another bye week to, to heal up? He's given Wisconsin problems. Nebraska's offense has given Wisconsin problems but in true Nebraska form, but it's not necessarily translated the points. Yeah, they have. I mean, you look at Frost's first year, they go up there, and Wisconsin was obviously really, really good that year, but they they were able to throw the ball very successful. The year before COVID, they came here. Nebraska, again, was able to run the ball very well and a good Wisconsin defense. So, And Adrian's has performed well. So I, I don't foresee Smothers unless they he got a bunch of extra reps this week in practice. And, I, and hopefully he did. That's what you kind of do in, in bye weeks. You get your, you get your uh, younger guys a few more reps just in case and in developing it over bye weeks. So I, I don't I don't foresee that. They could throw the whole kitchen sink at him this week. And it could be all sorts of stuff. So we kind it would be interesting to see if they did but I, I you know Adrian's the guy hopefully the ankles healed up a little better the jaws healed up a little better and hopefully they got you know this O-line they got after him a little bit this week and, and got them right performed better because this offensive line has been, has been spotty at best you know those tackles have, have been atrocious all year so so hopefully they got those guys better and got them playing more physical and sound and better technique and actually punching in their pass pro and setting right instead of kind of shuffling out of there and just throwing their hands out saying knock me down we make every defensive end look like a surefire first round draft pick even though we, we, we have played we have played against a few of those this year yeah it's 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 been a really good uh reel of tape for a lot of the opposing defensive ends they've had a lot of good reels of tape throughout the year when you look at Karloftis and Mafe and the Illinois kid and and of yeah. course the Oklahoma That's, kids I mean Michigan. Too, yeah. yeah, I mean Hutchinson and Ajabos. I mean that guy. That guy went nuts against Penn State. I mean he had mm-hmm. three or four sacks. What's the legacy here for JoJo Doman? Yeah, it sort of ended better for him. You know, a kid that played his tail off since he's been here. A, a guy that could have been done after last year decides to come back. You call him the MVP of this year of the defense. 
what I was kind of, you know, using to describe Wisconsin's mm -hmm. defense. Just a guy who plays smart, plays physical, plays sound. He's a really good athlete, too. So, you know, it, he didn't have to he didn't have to come back. And he took a he took a chance. He trust what, you know, Chenander and, and those guys hadn't planned. And, you know, hopefully we all thought the offense was going to be better this year. And, and they could have do, they could have really made a their mark. But we all know that's not the case. But I, I have to tip my hat to him and just, you know, and, and thank him and just say, hey, man, you, you played, you represented the black shirts, you know, very, 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 very well. And you should be proud of yourself. I know it didn't turn out to, you know, what you wanted and how it wanted. But, man, you you represented very, very well. And that's, you know, and that's all you can ask for. You know, it comes down to it. You know, could the defense, you know, defense played really, really well these last two years. And they didn't get enough help from the offense and the special teams. And and uh, he, he's a guy that, that learned and, and, and grew up and developed, you know, starting in special teams as a young player. And then they really didn't have a fit or a role from him. But they honestly, he was – playing so well that they 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 put him in roles because we, we got to get this guy on the film or on the field and then he's you know he then he developed into an everyday and every down guy so you know wish 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 the record would have shown better for him but you know and all his hard work and stuff but he's you know like i said hats off to him and he represented the black shirts about as best as you could do jay last thought here bud uh with jojo you're a guy that was uber athletic and good against the run and really nice off the edge getting the quarterbacks what do you project for jojo in the nfl i mean he's he's thick he's tough he's physical do you see him in, in the uh the second level or the third level yeah it's it's hard because you know nfl guys you know they want they don't like tweeners very much you know you know they, they, are you are you a linebacker or are you a safety you know, and I think he has put on enough size. I do think he's he's definitely a linebacker. And any, uh, to be honest, you watch the NFL anymore, it, it feels like your linebackers are getting, you know, smaller. You know, I, remember, I mean, Patrick Willis was not the biggest guy, you know, with the 49ers. He, he was fast and he was physical and he was smart. You know, I look at uh, Ed Warner with the with, uh, – Fred Warner, excuse me, with the 49ers, you know, not the not the biggest guy, but fast, smart, physical. I the I'm drawing a blank on his name, the linebacker for the Colts. You know, again, he is you see him in clothes, you're like, man, he looks like a secondary guy. He's not the biggest guy, but he's a taller, a little longer. But again, he's fast, smart, physical. And I think, you know, you look at JoJo, he's fast, smart, and, and plays physical. So I I would say he uh he's gonna projects into the linebacker level and the, the beauty of it what you know what is what is you know you look at the nfl you know some guys are like well he's good against the run but he can't cover you know and i think jojo is you know he's been on the edge more so where do you where do you put him in a four three or a three four but you know he can cover the guys has shown the ability to, to cover and, and play well in coverage. So that's, that's good for him. You know, I, I don't know rounds wise, but he's, he's definitely going to get his, get his shot. I would guess, you know, he's probably going to be in the, you know, fourth round to, to, to be above that, you know, four, four, five, six round type of guy. I would, I would project I'm not Mel Kuyper here by any means, but you know, he's to me, he's, he's definitely going to be a linebacker and, and I think he can probably play in any, in any defense, whether it's a three, four or, or, or four, three, to be honest. You think uh, Damien's a guy that, that puts his toe in the, in, in the water for the NFL, or do you think he's a guy that, that comes back or needs to come back? 
Yeah, I, I, he can probably, you know, just see what his, his grade is. You know, anyone, anyone can see what their grade is. You know, it just depends if he feels like he's ready or, or if he's wants to. I and mean, he can lean on his older brother just to, just to see, like, hey, man, like, what do you think? What do you see, you know, on how it is? And, and maybe he's like, ah, maybe I'll, I'll give myself another year. But he can definitely – he's played so well this year and, and played well against the run. He could, he could definitely play at the next level. It's just whether he, he wants to do it. What he's kind of been through this year, I mean, yeah. why come back another year unless you really trust him what's going on? Like, they've been so – they've been good too. So on that side of the ball, he maybe wants to come back and do it again. But if he has an opportunity, it's like, hey, man, if you're going to be a – again, I don't know his projections, but uh, he'd be silly not to not to look into it. I'll put it that way. Jay Moore's with us. Jay, have a good week. We'll be watching on Big Red Wrap-Up Tuesday night. Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Good to talk with Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. His takeaway on uh, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Austin Allen, he'll tell us about the seniors, and, and he's got a decision to make as a junior uh, with what to do. One decision, though, Mike Leach tells us, like he has, <laughs> don't dance, I can't dance, he wasn't lying. Here's the, the pirate of this presser today. A bunch of our players love to dance and the music's going and all that and then they try to get me to do it and uh, I was afraid they might dump something over my head if I didn't uh, you know like water and worst of all Gatorade so I figured you know I better comply which I did so I try I started out just trying to walk in place and that was clearly not satisfactory with and then we, uh, we, that wasn't satisfactory with my captors I tried to bring the knees a little higher and then I got the hands up to try to finish the deal off and uh, and I do think I outdid Elaine on Seinfeld but you know as, as soon as I thought I was safe to stop I did and let uh, them have a great time and we're back fellas you think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery yes that's awesome Talking tight ends here. Austin Allen with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Austin, a big week. Wisconsin will start with some high school ball. You had a chance to go home and do a little hunt and check out some uh, some Aurora football. How uh, how big a smile you have with uh, with Aurora back in the title game? Oh, it's a, it's always a good uh, puts a good smile on my face when those guys get the job done. I got a little cousin who's a, who's a lineman there. He's been playing for him. He's done done a good job, but um, to see that coach has success over there is uh, is is really good because he was a good guy to me. He's a guy that taught me a lot of a lot of um, a lot of the skills that I kind of have now. Okay, hunting. Uh, I've been, but it's been forever. Uh, and um, it was with my grandfather. So tell me about your experience and, and kind of your your love for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've always kind of been an outdoors kind of guy. I lived right on the river um, back home. So whenever um, we wanted to go hunting, we, I mean, we'd, we'd go hunt squirrels or at nights we'd hunt raccoons and um, shooting deer. I, I went with my grandpa too. That's kind of how it started. Um, but this weekend, I um, went back to the river and I had a chance to shoot a deer and kind of missed the opportunity there. So um, I enjoyed hunting. It's something I'm very passionate about in the outdoors, and it's kind of where I want to work is the outdoors. And so um, it was uh, it was nice to be able to do that for the first time in really six or seven years because the football season's kind of just rolled right through um, opening weekend for for deer. Well, you guys haven't had the bye week this late forever either. Yeah, it's I mean, it's unique having two bye weeks this year, but uh, grateful for it. Grateful that it lined up. Austin Allen's with us, uh, hunting and uh, high school football. Uh, let's talk a little bit here about your reaction and, and as vocal as you've been as a leader 
this year. What have you tried to tell the, the guys on the team here uh, in response to some of the changes from last week? How difficult has that been? Yeah, it's, it's difficult for a lot of guys because they've had relationships um, with those position coaches. But I keep telling the guys there's a lot to play for this season. There's a, there's two trophies still out there for us to go run across and take. Um, there's a, there's there's a really a, a big stepping stone that we could take um, in terms of getting this program going in the right direction um, for next season. I mean, Wisconsin and Iowa are two Big Ten West opponents that are um, very gettable, in, in my opinion. We can um, if we play a good solid game across the board, and it's it's we can get it done. Why do you think the offense has had the success it's had yardage-wise and big play-wise against Wisconsin last year didn't happen, obviously, but in the previous couple of years, I know that's been brought up, but uh, you factor in Adrian's mobility, and you guys have had a lot of gash plays against them. They don't give that up that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're very um, disciplined defense in terms of what they do. It's kind of similar to what they do year in, year out, so you can kind of game plan. Um, it, it's... it's with the, with the coaches having a lot of time this week, I'm looking forward to hopefully having another season or another game like we did um, two, three years ago. Um, but they don't really change a lot. They just do what they do because they're good at what they do. And we, we've had success because we had a great game plan for what they do. Um, and I think it's, um, like I said, hopefully we have some similar results um, in terms of offensive production-wise uh, this week. Personally, uh, your momentum, you've always been playing well, but you have some of the numbers to back up um, what, what you've been doing from Minnesota on. You've been able to get up the seam, get up the sideline, make some, some pretty big-time plays. And uh, Speak, if you can, just to what this offense allows the tight end to do. A lot of good uh, depth in, in your room, but uh, you've been uh, really playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. I mean, with our, with our offense, we can really – run the same play out of any different formation with any different personnel. That's kind of what's unique about it. And um, coach has been trusting the tight ends to make plays. So he's been calling some formations and, and, and route concepts that are um, not going to say favorable, but it's a good look for the tight ends to get the ball. And um, he, in the game, like a Minnesota game or um, in, in those sorts, it was, it was good for um, Frost to kind of get us the ball and kind of us showing him that he can really trust us. And hopefully he trusts us even more in these next two games. What's uh, the the mood been around the program? What's it been like uh, with kind of the uncertainty that was was out there with with Coach Frost? And how did how did you handle it? How did guys handle it? Uh, I mean, we all understand that football is a business. Uh, nowadays, it's becoming more of a business. So we understand that some changes were more than likely going to be made, and so um, we knew that we could control what we can control and just play football as hard as we can. And it's um, it was kind of nice to see. Um, Frost kind of betting on himself and restructuring his contract and saying he's going to get this job done. And it shows a lot of confidence he has in himself, and it kind of shows the guys that, like, he's confident. Why can't we be confident for him and give him everything we got? Um, but it was unfortunate some of the coaches had to get let go. Um, and, and the guys in the team have had – that's their position coach, and they've had relationships with them, but they understand that something was going to happen and changes had to be made. And so um, they live, they're living with it, and they're, they're practicing their, their balls off like they did today. Tell me a little bit about uh, Coach Becton and and how he's able to connect with guys like yourself that have been in the program for a while, and then even some of the young pups that are coming up that that are highly touted. Yeah, he's 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 a great coach. It's I mean you can't say enough good things about him, and uh, and that's really the why he stayed. Is he's a great coach. He's coached a lot of positions in his coaching days, and I think that's the kind of reason why he stayed. He's able to connect with different guys, different different positions, different guys from that have different backgrounds, really. Um, so his, his experience and 
his ability to to really connect, like you said, with the, the old guys, the young guys, whoever it is, is, is really a big reason why he stayed. How do you connect with you? How did how did you uh, meet him with that ability? Well, he's your coach, so you're going to listen to him, but just wanting to play for a guy. Yeah, you just I know he's he's in the UCF Hall of Fame for, as, as for a football player. You think he's one of the only guys that still has a, a record for scoring three touchdowns and rushing, throwing, and return one for a punt. So really? He, yeah, he's uh, so he's. I know he's got a, a big pass, and I know a lot of people respect him, and they call him the OG at, down, in, <laughs> down in UCF. So um, it, it's it's he's got a lot of respect for what he done he's done as a football player and as a lot of and a coach. So it was easy for me to kind of take coaching from him and listen to him with with all my full attention and give him everything I got. A couple of last thoughts here, Austin Allen's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. So you're a you're a hoops guy, and you've been great uh, in, in that sport. Uh, you've been really incredible as a tight end as, as well. You keep you pay much attention at all to, to Nebraska Creighton basketball, and that's tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I'm, I went to the game, um, the first one with Western Illinois. Um, happened to see sit kind of course I for, but um, they may. I, Leaned over the guys. Yeah, I leaned over to the guys I was sitting next to. I said, "Gosh, I miss basketball. Wish I could go back and play again." But um, I, I enjoyed my time as a football player, and I just kind of enjoyed competing. So as long as I'm competing, I don't know. I don't care what sport it is. I'm, I'm happy. What's the the grind been like? Just big picture it with your junior season and decisions perhaps down the road for you. But as you look at this season, um, can can you put a word to the year? It's not done yet. Two big ball games left. It starts with Wisconsin. But what's this been like for for you as as a captain to to navigate through it so close, so many times? Yeah, I think the word is frustrating. It's, it's been a frustrating year all across the board because like we've had very. I think we had to be top however many in the conference in big plays and. Um, explosive plays and then you're just not getting the job done and being one score short at the end of the game is it's just frustrating um, and I think that stems from us just not being able to to run our base stuff I mean we can we can tricky we can throw some trick stuff at them and get some big plays and then the next play you got to be able to run your your power inside zone and be able to get five six yards and when that gets stuff for one yard gain or one yard loss it really makes you open up the playbook again and you gotta gotta hit some deep stuff on them so it's um, Frustrating in that regard, so, but to put the word on it, it's frustrating. Well, uh, enjoy Madison. Best of luck, and thanks for a few minutes. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, good stuff from Austin Allen, Jay Moore, Black Shirt, Charlie McBride, and good stuff from Greg Smith. Big thanks to all of them, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. On the road tomorrow, it is Single Barrel Tuesday with Real Red Tip-Off, Nebraska, Creighton. Better than not at all, but it's too early for this thing. I think the line's three, Nebraska's favorite at home. But uh, we're pretty excited. We'll check in with Mitch Sherman tomorrow, a Hall of Fame coach and uh, longtime Nebraska assistant Jeff Smith going to be on site with us for a little while. We'll check in with Kaz as well and uh, Rick Pizzo. So a loaded show tomorrow. But, yes, come see us. Tip-offs at 6. So 
I would love to see you at the single barrel tomorrow, whiskey in hand around 4.15 while you're ordering an appetizer or you're putting an order in for a bone-in ribeye. Huh? You'll love it at the single barrel inside the graduate. And I, I think we're, we're back even on our stake into beer bets. I was going to say I'll, I'd, I'd come down to the single barrel tomorrow and make you pay up, but I think we're back to we're, even. We're even because somebody had the Jets. Yeah, so we're the first time ever. We, we're going to go again tonight? We could. I, what I can't have is, is Cooper Cup going off. I'm, I'm clinging to the slimmest of fantasy leads. Mm, get this. Last I started night. the freak show for the Falcons. Matt Ryan. I, yeah. Me too. Right? Brutal. Oh, Jesus. Brutal. That was horrible. He, uh, he scored like 2.4 fantasy points in my league. Uh, I have an old school league, so he'd get a goose egg for me. Oh. And Burrow was at, I'm talking about my fantasy team, put shotgun in mouth. I'm sorry. But you know what I'm saying. Oh, get this. Last night. I had uh, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, whatever the, the Williams for the Chiefs is. I'm not a Chiefs guy. And, and Tyreek Hill. I had them both. Tyreek was good. They came up .02 points short of the win for me. Mm. .02. That's one reception. I'm in a half point PPR. That would have gotten me a .48 point win or one yard rushing. One rushing I introduce yard. you to the Jeff Bargain Memorial Fantasy Football League that's been in existence since 1992. I, I don't. I don't mess with all your old score, old school scoring. Systems oh, it's great! It makes it difficult. <laughs> the, your, your winning team, the top score in the week's putting up seventy five points. So am I. <laughs> Allegedly, what we have we have uh, L A tonight. Mm-hmm. L A and San Fran. That's just a garbage game. You think so? Yes, because it's in L A, right? It is in L A. It's in L.A. Do you expect me to bet on the travesty that is the San Francisco offense? I'll, Jimmy G? I'll I'll take it, but I need a little bit more than three and a half. See, why is it three and a half? Shouldn't that thing be like... Because th- this, this game always feels close. It, it, but it is the, the debut of Odell Beckham and Von Miller both tonight for the Rams. So there's some good storylines. I'll be watching the Manning cast. So will I. So I'm, I'm th- if you give me five and a half, I'll take San Fran. Do we want to... Do you want to bet on Creighton, Nebraska tomorrow night? Like right now or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. For, for this. Because I think, that, unless you want me to, to do this, I think this is kind of a garbage game. You really? I'm excited for it, but okay. I'm going to watch. Who do you want? We'll go tonight. I would take San Fran five and a half if you'll give me two. If you won't give me two, we'll, we, we can go uh, We can go Creighton, Nebraska tomorrow. I'll give you, I'll give you four and a half. Call it five even. Split the difference. I said five and a half. You said four and a half. Give me five.